Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Let's focus on a very important day. Today marks the 38th anniversary of the bombing of Air India Flight 182. Now, on June 23rd, 1985, Air India departed Canada for Delhi, India, with 329 passengers and crew, mostly Canadians of Indian ancestry. They included 82 children. Uh, under the age of 13. Now, deep in the bowels of the plane, hidden among the checked-in luggage, were two suitcase bombs that would detonate in midair off the coast of Ireland. None of the passengers survived. Now, their tragic fate did not embed themselves deeply in the consciousness of their fellow Canadians either. And that, of course, um, has proven true based on a new Angus Reid Institute poll, which has found that 9 out of 10 Canadians have little or no knowledge of the incident, while 3 out of 5 people under the age of 35 have never even heard of the attack. Now, authorities believe sick extremists fighting for an independent homeland sabotage the Boeing 747. Inderjeet Singh Rayat is the only person who has been convicted in relation to the bombing. Joining me now is a journalist who has covered this story from day one. Kim Bolin is an investigative reporter for the Vancouver Sun. Kim, thank you for speaking to us today. My pleasure. For someone who's covered this story extensively, uh, what does today mean for you? I think back to that first night, June 23rd, 1985, when I was a rookie reporter and like others in my newsroom sent out to visit families of local victims. Uh, there weren't that many of them. I think they, there was uh, just under 10. And we we're literally knocking on doors in our 20s, expecting to have them slammed in our faces. And what happened instead was I was invited into the home of a family who had lost uh, someone on that ill-fated flight, and they sat me down at, you know, on the couch. Uh, they served me chai and told me about their relative as devastated family members were weeping all around me. It was very, very profound, and right away it showed the impact of this terrible tragedy on that family and on so many other families around the world. Mm-hmm. Um- did you think that the story itself uh, and everything that's unfolded, including a court case, a high-profile court case that came from it, uh, that we would still be talking about it at this, at this time, 38 years later? I certainly didn't think we'd be talking about it the way we are talking about it, as something that many Canadians know nothing about or have completely forgotten about. I didn't think we'd be talking about the fact that only one person was convicted and only of manslaughter when we saw 331 people, most of them Canadians of Indian origin, die in this devastating terrorist attack. So, um, you know, I would have hoped, I think, as a young rookie reporter, that we would be talking about it as part of our history where the people behind it had all been held to account. And, of course, that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're better today when it comes to law enforcement in dealing with um, these types of threats 
threats that sometimes, you know, uh, our law enforcement has not been the best at uh, assessing uh, because of language and culture um, and many other reasons. But do you think we're better at it today as, as a country when it comes to law enforcement and assessing uh, uh, threats like this? I hope we would be better, and yes, I think likely we would be. You know, having said that, when you reread part of John Major's uh, report after his public inquiry into what went wrong both before and after the bombing, you know, it's pretty startling how this thing could have been prevented, how so many lives could have been saved, how, you know, CSIS was doing surveillance on the key suspects, Tovinder Parmar and Indrajit Rayet, you know, went over to Vancouver Island a couple of weeks before the bombing, and didn't even bring a camera. Like you're doing surveillance on someone and you don't bring a camera with you. And they, you know, thought that what was in fact a test explosion was a gunshot. So there were so many things that just seem in retrospect very Keystone Cop-ish. Um, you know, not uh, another surveillance crew missed the BC Ferry, you know, and so missed these events altogether. So it's it still really enrages me when I read through this and see, oh, my God, you know, they were following the right people around and couldn't prevent this devastating attack. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, you know, I, I remember years ago I did a feature on a gentleman named Chandrasun Kuratri who lived, used to live in Nanaimo and then lived in Ottawa, but he lost his wife and um, two children, uh, young kids, and he ended up uh, selling everything and moving back to India where he started a... A hospital that does cataract surgeries and, and a school as well, educating young kids, named after his kids, named after his wife, and trying to find purpose in his life after such a tragedy. An amazing man. I have met him. Yeah. yeah remarkable he, what he was able to accomplish. Yeah, he, he lives on the east coast of India. I spent a week with him filming and just a phenomenal man. But there are many, my conversation with him was that, look, I can't turn things around. And whatever happens in our justice system, what happened, I need to find not closure, but purpose in my life. What I, what can I do moving forward? In all the victims that you've spoken to, the, the families of these victims, um, what have you been hearing from them? Because I'm sure you've built a relationship with them over the years. What, what do they say to you today? Well, I think many of them are still frustrated and angry at what's happened. Um, you know, I just was interviewing some more people today about uh, the Angus Reid poll that came out yesterday saying 9 out of 10 Canadians know little or nothing about the Air India bombing. And that doesn't surprise them, but obviously it's hurtful. And I think they still feel like they're forgotten much of the time. Uh, One woman I interviewed said that, you know, when she meets new colleagues at work, you know, and they ask what happened to her mom, and she says, well, she died in this Canadian terrorist attack they are kind of looking at her like, what are you talking about? They have no idea there was a Canadian terrorist attack. And I just think that compounds the tragedy and the hurt that these victims' families are feeling. Um, I talk to families around the world. Some of them I keep in touch with year-round, like Neil Hans in Australia, who, you know, was sending me photos of this little shrine that he set up on his dining room table. His father was uh, one of the pilots. Mm-hmm. on the plane and you know there's a picture of his dad with candles and flowers and it's it's a almost like a weird little club that we have of people that know uh, all the details about Air India and I'm happy as a journalist to be someone who families can always reach out to. Mm-hmm. Well Kim uh, I know you spent so many years uh, covering this story and you continue to do so and I do appreciate all the effort and work you put into it and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. 
Thanks very much, Jess.